0: Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Folker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review.
1: So welcome to another episode of Man Up Man Down. We already had a few giggles before we went live. So I think I'm already in a, you know, very good mood to um, to get going. So we welcome, um, I should have asked how to pronounce his name, Ralph Montague.
0: Montague, though I, I do get Montague or Montagu quite often. So uh, I'm not Chinese, though I'm British. <laughs> so he's 42 from Bristol. 43 now. Oh, 43 now from Bristol. Yeah. (laughs) Just do the intro
1: himself, right? (laughs) So so Ralph is 43 from Bristol, so he's just a few years younger than me. And he's a longevity coach with a focus on sleep, stress and energy mastery and the founder of the Longevity Clinic. So Ralph's passion for longevity evolved from working within the anti-aging industry for over 20 years. This coupled with hands-on experience of living life to the full in his younger years, wanting to maximize his health and his current years, and surviving a near-death experience, so which, which we're going to talk about. And that prompted Ralph to put his knowledge and expertise into a series of informa- informative and entertaining self-help books, which we also will talk about because we already started talking about that. And this is to encourage people to essentially live longer and with a re- truly life-changing result for, for readers. So Ralph studied at Reading University, completing a BSc in Investment Banking. So nothing to do with longevity, <laughs> <I know. laughs> just the opposite, I guess. Yeah. Um, and an MSc in Real Estate and is the author of the UK's leading Aesthetics Business the Profitable <laughs> Clinic. Ralph, so there's a lot in there already and we, we, we cleared out your name. So apologies for that. <laughs> at my age. In <laughs> your age, yeah. So um, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Where, where, where do we start? Um, sh- should we jump straight in and talk about surviving a near-death experience that triggered, if I see, the whole, if I say, shebang around your books and self help and, and everything else that, that evolved from there? The, the way I understand it. Yeah,
0: it was quite an interesting situation, to say the least. So I was dating this girl. It was only the second date. We'd had a couple of drinks at her house, by, by all means, only a very few because we were getting up early to go to the beach the next day. Went to bed. And then around about midnight, half 12, I woke up. There's blood everywhere. And I mean, everywhere. Like the room was plastered, the walls, I mean, was plastered, the bedding was drenched, the carpet. I'm like, oh, where's all this blood come from? And then about 30 seconds, I suppose I'm just regaining consciousness. I'm like, why is the blood dripping off my head? And I had long blonde hair. So, like, I could see the blood in, uh, well, the red contrasting on the blonde. And I'm like, what's going on? And then it startling, like all of a sudden I then click. I'm like, hang on, it's my blood. What the hell? As you can imagine, that's uh, quite a startling way to wake up. Apparently he came into the room, hit me across the head with a kettlebell. Uh, You can't really see with the light in here with the scar. But then he banged my head. I say bang is probably a polite way. smashed my head into a radiator multiple times and um, that's where I got the the big cut luckily it's healed really well I used a lot of the treatments from my previous business uh skin micro needling in order to reduce that but it's still uh, quite a significant scar I got rushed to hospital then in the back of an ambulance not to a sunny beach in Devon so that the Saturday morning went a bit different to how I expected and uh yeah that's that's that in a nutshell i'm I'm quite grateful really because there was like i said there was a a kettlebell that was used as a doorstop so it's just picked up hit me across the head multiple punches uh she got away lightly she was only punched once in the face so uh i definitely got the the short end of the stick there and um yeah i was just like how the hell am i not dead so so you didn't even wake up I, i wish i woke up during the attack so i could hit him back um, but then I realized with hindsight, that's probably just as well, because who knows where that would have ended. Yeah, true. So I, I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't. So so what were you doing at the time? So you said, um,
1: because there's anti-aging in there that, that, that you worked in, and then you were also, you did investment banking and real estate, so...
0: Yeah, so I, I started off, uh, I did investment banking degree, a master's in commercial property. Uh, I worked for and like Frank to an investment agency and Barclays Corporate, I realized there's probably more exciting things in life. And then we opened up the chain of anti-aging longevity clinics. So we had three of those, Cardiff, Bristol, and Newport. And then I realized over the years, there's quite a lot of stuff. A lot of people come in for aesthetic treatments that I've started to notice. They had, I think, if I'm going to use the word, mental issues would be a bit harsh, but a lot of the time, they, their issue was more internal than external. Then I also noticed another correlation between the more awkward of clients we had and the amount of medication they were on. So I started then to work out, hang on, there must be a relationship here between stress and being uncomfortable in oneself. And then Obviously, medication, but obviously the, the medication is is just a result of the fact that they've got issues. And it all started coming together. Then I was approaching 37, so five years ago. No, <laughs> no, my real age is 43, not the 42. Six years ago. And then I was like, hang on, because we were selling aesthetic devices as well to clinics and spas and high-end beauty salons. And I was thinking to myself, why don't we work... And we're still focusing on the aesthetics more than the longevity. Why do we work from the inside out? So we start selling hyperbaric oxygen therapy chambers, cryotherapy chambers, uh, red light therapy, and lots of things like that. And it was really fascinating. And these devices are amazing. I have at one point had over uh, £100,000 worth of longevity devices in my house. But then uh, I got a bit obsessed. I, I like I spent five hours a day doing longevity, which one could then argue, well, what's, what's the point? Just don't do the five hours. You don't need to live longer because you <laughs> live 35 hours every week, which is a full working week. And then like the irony was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. So <laughs> but I suppose it's better getting addicted to longevity devices than heroin and gambling. So uh, I suppose... I was, on that, on that regard, then I realised a lot of the things are actually some of the cryotherapy chambers we sold would go up to like one hundred twenty thousand pounds. They start off at twenty five thousand plus VAT. So I'm like, there's a lot of simple things we can actually do. So if I, I take my morning, uh, for example, now today, so I've got half five. I've been on, I didn't see it, the, uh, the rebounder. So I've done 10 minutes on the rebounder. I've then done about 20, 30 minutes journaling, did half an hour meditation. I do quite a few different types of meditation. I do one if I need to ask myself something, I ask, I answer. So tapping into the super conscious, uh, which I believe there's some way we connect with infinity or source or as people like to call it the universe. Uh, whatever that is, I don't know, but it's there is amazing for just brain dumping all stuff on your mind. I do then three hundred press ups. I've had a cold shower. I'll moisturize, moisturize my head and my face because it just gets your gets the blood to the surface. That gives your skin a glow and your face tingles. Like my skin's still tingling from a cold shower an hour or two ago. I'll fast. I'll take MCT oil with my organic coffee. Is the water? I would have done two, two and a half liters of water because I preload my water in the morning, so I don't pee at night. This never used to be a problem. So I was about forty, and I was like, "What? Why the hell am I getting that for a pee? This never happens." And then I was like, "It must be a one-off." And I'm like, "Hang on, this keeps happening. What's going on?" I'm like, "Oh my god, my prostate must be getting bigger. Damn." I'm very particular on the timing of water. And I've also found food as well, depending on the water content in food. That I've noticed the last couple of evenings I've accidentally had potatoes. I don't usually eat them, but they were there. And there's a high water content if they're boiled in water. And that, I believe, has probably led me to pee around about four. So I didn't quite make it to half five. So I'm massively off-tangent, I just realized. Potatoes and peas. Uh, well, not peas. <laughs> peas is in the vegetables. Peas is in, urination <laughs> back to the process and then i realized actually a lot of this is quite simple so then i was doing the longevity coaching uh coach some rugby internationals on sleep and stress and in fact one of them gave me the idea uh the longevity clinic was very much focused on on coaching wide high performing individuals whether sport or business and he's like why do you teach just the business and i'm like damn why didn't I think about this and then the the business changed same teaching same content but different audience and it's evolved now to um, showing companies how sleep will massively improve their profits and reducing stress will massively boost focus and motivation and uh, that's kind of where we're here today all the way from studying investment banking at Reading University with my collar up thinking I was going to be driving Ferraris around the city of London (laughs) Hello, it's Volker here. I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: You might not realize that I have been coaching for almost a decade through both third parties and private clients. During that time I have worked with brands such as General Electric, Imperial Brands, DHL and Pepsi. However, this year I'm putting a big emphasis on growing my private coaching practice, improving lives of middle-aged men in leadership positions. So if you hit midlife transition point and you might be a bit stuck or looking to improve your work-life balance, your career or productivity, you want to build a new habit or you just want to become a better version of yourself, please hit me up. You can reach me on Obnatos. that's obnat.us or LinkedIn, whatever is easiest. Thanks, and now back to the episode.
2: So, um, obviously, we sort of touched on uh, on sleep before we, uh, you know, in our little conversation before we started recording. So then what, what would you say are the sort of top, like, five tips for getting a good night's sleep? Or, you know, conversely, you know, if you are sort of struggling with insomnia or disrupted sleep, you know, what what are your tips?
0: So... Uh, one of my favorite questions, this is the top five from somebody who is perhaps sleeping okay, but would like to get more sleep. They realize that they can perform at a much higher level. I find if I don't get a good night's sleep, in fact, there was a, I mentioned before we come on, girl I'm dating. She has a double bed. It wakes me up in the night. The quality of the, the, the bedding is not sufficient, I believe, for what I'm used to. So I actually... Uh, she did offer me to stay last night before this podcast. I was like, "No way, I'd be tired." And the irony of a sleep author being tired on a podcast—I was just like, "It's too much." <laughs> oh, I admire, so, I admire your commitment. That's my commitment to this, to this cause. But from a sleep perspective, this is one people massively, massively, massively underestimate: what time you eat. I cannot get over how many times I, even though I know this, I'm like. Yeah, you just this once you might be okay, eat a big meal, one to two hours before bed, and I, I'm up in the middle of the night and I, I don't sleep well. In my first book, Stop Killing Yourself, I actually put three hours, which I believe, and also because I wanted people to get into it. But now I'm just thinking you, you need four hours if it's a sizable, a reasonable meal. Like If you're just a light snack, that's different. But if it's a proper meal, four hours. It really makes such a big difference. Now, this is aimed at men, obviously. And I believe women have this issue uh, about five, ten years after us. But peeing. So my motto when it comes to sleep: if you're still a, uh, if you ain't woken up, you're still asleep. So it's as simple as that. That's my methodology. I make everything as simple as possible. Even though I don't use Apple products, I take the view of Apple. I spend like months designing courses and workshops that to get them that simple is the really hard bit, not what I'm actually teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it breaks, everything breaks down to, from a sleep perspective, in my opinion, and I appreciate this in my opinion, but it's worked amazingly for me. So it'll work amazingly for the majority of people, but not all, because everyone's different. If you ain't woken up, you're still asleep. And if you're still asleep, that's good enough for me. So peeing. I do not drink pints I, I don't drink alcohol in the I say never like someone's gonna take a photo of me now next on outside the you just hold this for me yeah <laughs> yeah so on occasion I, I will uh if I'm really busy or away from home I will go into KFC or McDonald's and I'm like this hiding in my head thing it's not gonna take a picture of me here in the drive-through oh, not know so Generally, I save my alcohol consumption to once a fortnight, Friday or Saturday. Ideally, a Friday because I'm better than for Monday. But let's be honest, Fridays are crap now and Saturdays are much better. So I'll just work a Saturday and then take it a bit easier on a Monday because I get two-day hangovers from one night. So with regards to drinking liquid, I would, again, I'm, I'm on two and a half liters now for the day. I will front load my liquid from half five. To realistically, probably four ish. I'd have done my three liters, and I may have a little bit up to about five by not having water. Uh, I don't drink water or coffee uh, unless there's alcohol on the weekends. And I find by having it before five p.m., you don't need a pee, and it's brilliant. That uh, and it doesn't matter how great your sleep is. It only takes that moment from getting in back into bed for a thought to crop into your mind, and then, woof, and the thoughts go on loop, and then you're losing like an hour. And also, you're breaking your deep sleep and REM cycles, and that's the really key bit. And you never know like, some people put the light on, some people stub their toe, some people even pee over their toe. So, these are all things that. <laughs> We've all been guilty of it. <laughs> or you could step in the pee on the way out, uh, whichever way. But there's dangers there. the the lurking in the dark, quite literally lurking in the dark. Now, that's my second one from asleep. Yeah. Uh, same time every day. So I have a ritual with sleep. and uh, This comes on to not having a TV, which I go through phases of not having the TV and having it. So I would get into bed around about quarter past eight. And I'll read for an hour and a quarter. And then my phone goes off at nine. I find I took a call at five to nine Wednesday evening with a good friend of mine. And we were just having a laugh. And I was like, I got to go because I'm getting too highly stimulated because I don't want to laugh and get too excited, as I often do when speaking with friends. So the phone goes off at nine for that reason. But having your consistent sleep time is key. It's so easy to fall asleep. You just like boop, like minutes. In fact, it just just is, uh, and I believe that's because I'm looking at paper, and paper it doesn't radiate bright uh, bright light. It's not. It is stimulating, but you know what you expect. It's not unex- unexpected stimulation. So at the same time every night, and then on the weekend, I appreciate it's a bit different. I'll try and keep it within an hour of the weekend. So that's three. Uh, number four it is, in fact, I've just touched on that, the phone usage. I, I know people talk about this a lot. Uh, we're speaking now, and I have, uh, my, you, you can't see my screen, but it's, it's very light, uh, as in there's a lack of blue. It's called, I'm just going to get the name for you, actually, because dot f.lux I use. I always forget about the dot F dot Lux. I call it Flux, but I think it's F Lux. So that's a really good one for your viewers to get. And it uh, dims down. In fact, for your viewers who, when they do get it, what I would say to them is the max a screen can have is six and a half. I've just turned it up. I don't even see the, the change. I have it on 3100. And that also, I know we're going off the topic of sleep, but that helps you work for longer periods of time because the bright light when you're working gives you headaches. So it gives me headaches. So it's like, might not all, but a lot of people like that. So by dimming the blue light down, you can actually work for longer and much better. Mm-hmm. I only found this out because I did the blue light from a sleep perspective. I only found that out about three months ago because I'm like, why am I getting headaches after an hour and a half, two hours solid work? I can usually go longer than this. And funny enough, I was this conversation on my... Um, massage therapist she she brought this up i said no it's fine i got Flux. it's all good and it's happened like the second maybe even the third week definitely the second week and i thought i'll just double check it it's no harm checking and it was on full blast it must have been when i uh, unplugged the computer it reset everything so that's a really good one uh, but that, that's not related to sleep that's just really in general by reducing the blue light uh, You can see how i go off on tangent can't you? so please keep me very much on the straight and narrow not a good tangent <laughs> yeah you certainly you get those with me so that's so, uh and then the fifth one again back to if you ain't woken up you're still asleep is sleep in separate beds you don't have to sleep in i don't think it's good sleeping in separate beds every night by the way because that you that love that connection and the other activities that happen uh can be missed and you perhaps might not have as many brothers or sisters then
1: <laughs> yeah <Now, laughs> let's go off on that tangent then because um You know, as I say, in in, in the prep talk, you abstained from
0: sex for a year. It was supposed to be 12 months. I did slightly fail. I think it was 10 and a half months. I didn't notice how I got the half in there as well. (laughs) I should have said just under 11, actually, but then it was 10 and a half. So so why did you do that in the first place? I mean, it's usually the other way around, right? I mean, most men want more. Well, there's a few aspects. I've been very fortunate that females seem to like me. There'd be women watching this and thinking no you don't but generally i've been very fortunate so from a perspective of i didn't feel the need that i i say i gotta be careful i say that i needed more uh obviously
2: you'd felt you'd already
0: fulfilled
2: your needs
0: i i, I was content let's just yes. say i gotta be very selective what i say here because what you'll be careful in general what you tell yourself and particularly when this is being recorded as well I've been very fortunate in life in, in many regards, and um, that aspect was one. So I wanted to focus on business, and I found a lot of the women I was dating quite distracting. Uh, a lot of and dating apps as well. I Probably, if I'm perfectly honest, the biggest reason for this was nothing to do with, I want to see, it was dating apps were distracting me from, from actually getting on, writing the books, because it takes a long time writing the books. Writing uh, courses, building a business. Uh, the last business I built was like 50, 10, 15, 15 years ago or something. I'd forgotten starting a business from scratch, how long it takes. And I've kind of done all that. And now I'm like starting again. It's like being a 20 year old. It's like really weird. It's like, hang hey, on, this hasn't started quicker. So that was one of the, the date. My friend Matt calls it dating admin. And I'm like, wow, Say that again. And he's like, dating admin. What do you? I'm like, so amazing. It is like that. Because I would actually stretch it into the day because I don't want it at the start of the day because making a decision. I've done a talk on this at a longevity event in Portugal. I call it brain drain. We're making lots of decisions because your brain requires a lot of energy. So I reduce the amount of decisions. Uh, in fact, I'm spending half day Saturday morning. This is how exciting my life is. Just going over my wardrobe to ensure it's fully optimized as a capsule wardrobe. I've done this many a time. I always like to optimize. So reduces your decision making, and swiping in the morning is not ideal because it reduces. There's so much decision going into it. It's, it's easy if you know you like them. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's the ones where you're not quite sure. It's a bit like trying on a jacket in a shop. Where you're, you're like, mm, it's not, if you're not sure in the shop, don't take it home. Uh, it's, it's a lesson I've learned. So they when when on the citation apps you you're unsure, they're the ones that will brain drain you the most so you want to put the the swipe in to later on in the evening and then just replying to all the messages it just takes time it's like same questions i'm like this is boring man
2: up man down is sponsored by well doing as someone who has seen a counselor for a number of years i think their approach is great they want you to find the mental health professional who is right for you you can filter your search to highlight therapists with expertise where you need it or You can pay to use their personalized matching service. The people who run Well Doing are experts in mental well being and they also have loads of posts and interviews to keep your mental health in good shape. Take a look at welldoing.org. You're not actually dating then during this time, or I mean, so you know, how often did you have to abstain or say sorry, did not- I'm taking a break?
0: uh i was dating in the time and i i think let's just say three or four women thought i was the most bizarre male they've ever met in their life <laughs> is there something wrong with me don't you like me uh so yeah but it, it was good it it brought me a lot of time back i've done I, i've had quite a few testos uh testosterone tests over the years uh You could say, fortunately, and it has positives and it has negatives, my my testosterone is rather high. Uh, I did a test last year, and I was still above what was high for a 29-year-old. I would imagine, it's quite nice act. I've done this chat with a guy in the sauna, and we were talking about reducing testosterone levels. I am not an expert on testosterone, by the way, just what I felt and noticed. And it was nice not having that continuous, insatiable urge to chase women. It's beautiful. It's so calming. And, um, I think the, the chap I by speaking, doing the sauna, uh, his preference was men rather than women. He was like, yes, yeah, brilliant. I can just like stay in. I can relax. He, I think was 47. And so, yeah, I'm reducing testosterone levels and not all bad that obviously there are side effects. Like I'm noticing the old gray hair and things, but, uh, generally it, from a peace of mind perspective and inner peace, calmness, uh, it, it's done me good. I'm um, so sorry. I've got to ask. <laughs> were, you, were you masturbating <laughs> during that time or was it just complete abstinence? So even better than masturbation, something that I didn't even know was possible. It makes sense that it's possible because obviously when we over the years, more so when I was younger, you'd have wet dreams. And I discovered through meditation, normal meditation, and then when having sexual thoughts, I was like, "Hang oh, on, I feel almost like there's an energy within me that I could actually orgasm here just through mind." So I started practicing. In fact, I've uh, on Medium, I've written an article. Uh, it's funny, I've got loads of beneficial articles. Probably only a few hundred people have read about sleep, stress, how to live longer. My one on hands-free orgasm is just under 10,000 reads. Like, what? <laughs> and n- None of the other stuff that is like, let's be honest, far more beneficial for you. But no, that's the one that uh, got many thousands of, re- uh, of reads. So I put a guide together for men on how to do a hands-free orgasm. Uh, a lot of my friends thought I was lying. It is, it is a genuine thing. And um, it's quite an interesting first date conversation. Girls are like, what? Some girls are like, can you show me how? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So um, that is, that was one of the most insightful, all the, I say this like the more important things. It was just mind blown when I found that out. So I wasn't actually masturbating, I was using hands free orgasms. But I noticed when I was young, I'm like, watching a a female orgasm, I'm like, Hang on. This is not as good for me. What the hell is going on? You look like you're having far more fun. Uh, wait, gentlemen, until you have a hands-free orgasm. And then you're in their club. And you can see the shaking. You can see the, the twitching of the face. And you can the, brie, uh, the breath is another one. The really flushed face. All of these things that, as mere and males, we watch females participate in. And uh, we can now have the same. So, yeah. Without hands-free orgasms, would I have done 10 and a half months? I'd like to lie and say yes, but perhaps not. It takes a bit of effort. You've got to be relaxed. Uh, and there's lots of different things. Uh, but the, the article I've written as a guide, I was after about 12 months. I've tested loads of different things. Like uh, I oh <laughs> like every evening, I was, well, sometimes twice a day, lunchtime and evening. Uh, I would be just testing different soundtracks, different thoughts, I've got it to the uh, to the point where I can do it with my eyes open. Don't just have to have my eyes closed. I can do it through thought as well rather than needing an image. I've tested all stuff. I've tested videos, images, thought, um, just sounds. Yeah, it's fascinating. So... Uh, uh, hopefully I'll make you live longer as well, but I could be stretching just, out a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that's the ultimate
2: productivity hack, you know, it's like you can just be sending emails, you know, on you're... Uh...
0: Yeah. And but it saves you time because I'm going to do the dating admin. So it's a time saver is that a peak performance optimization tool? <laughs> well,
2: we're, we're, we both have wives. So <laughs> there we go. And we just have to be careful what we say. <laughs> Right. No. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't. So I'm okay. <laughs> so Swift. If I say Swiftly moving on, I I I could go. See, I could go deep on that topic.
0: And, uh, <laughs> well, that's the good thing. You don't have to go deep on that topic because you do it yourself. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> longevity and eating. Yeah.
1: You know what? What about eating? Right. You you wrote. If I say part of your book is all about you know eating the right thing as well. Is it? Is it a vegetarian diet? Is it a keto diet? Is there a certain diet you live
0: by to to live longer? There is. I'll put a caveat in this. Uh, When it comes to diet, I'm not an expert on this. Uh, uh, So there's people out there who know far more than I. Uh, And it's not also a passion of mine either. Obviously, I find interest, directly. level of expertise is often directly correlated to passion and interest. Fascinated by sleep and stress. That being said, I do have some really good uh, aspects. I keep my diet very simple and very organic uh, and people find I, I'll often have porridge for dinner so all, all organic so I keep my diet extremely simple and quick so I do it for a few reasons by me by picking stuff that is my I got three tiers it's really healthy it's tasty people will argue porridge is not tasty I appreciate it. it's tasty and it's easy to make so one of the things I love is habits, habit formation, uh, and, and all that aspect. I got into meditation after about five years, starting off with one minute. So, the food, if it's going to be, if you're going to repeat the pattern, it needs to be tasty. But obviously, the main objective is healthy. And then, regardless, it could be you know, the most tastiest food in the world. But do you want to spend an hour prepping food? I don't. So, it has to be quick. So, my diet is it's very simple there's porridge and blueberries or porridge and honey organic full fat milk has to be full fat because i want it processed the least and organic and same with the honey it's unpasteurized it's uh, lithuanian uh, all organic so that's one meal that's really good for you i i get the slow energy release of that no bloating fantastic then eggs are another good one so i'll have poached eggs on sourdough i as much as I love normal wholemeal bread, it bloats me. Um, Sometimes, this is odd, I appreciate, but I have very, if I'm at someone's house, I ask for white bread because I love to see how much it bloats me. And I'll go from, like, you can see my abs uh, without tensing to full-on bloat that I look like I've got a beer belly after like 40 years of drinking. So I find that fascinating. So, I uh, poached eggs. Again, organic butter, organic eggs, organic sourdough. Uh, that's one meal. I tend not to eat meat much anymore, but I will once a fortnight either have organic chicken with organic black. I, well, let's just say everything's organic, so I won't keep repeating organic because people get fed up of that word. Uh, black lentils—they're really, they're amazing. Few black lentils with chicken fillet mix that up then the following week or follow fortnight because uh I get two portions in each, so I buy it every other week, but one one portion a week, and then I'll have organic minced beef with the black lentils and the cheese melted on top. And then that's about as rock and roll as my diet gets. There's gotta be something else, surely.
2: So I mean is <laughs> did you so I mean, like obviously, like going back to the incident where where you were attacked. I mean, were you already sort of say eating relatively healthily at that point? How did you go from or from like as you say, a very basic diet, and as you say, having porridge
0: for dinner? It's so. To, oh, I I miss my veggie bowl. How can I miss that? I've had that the last two days, and it's on the menu today. So my veggie bowl is. Again, all organic. Broccoli, carrots, peas with loads of butter. And I mix it up now and then. Like this how crazy and rock and roll I am with cumin, or however you pronounce it, cumin powder. Uh, and and that is, that's probably my main meal. I'll, I'll have that three, four times a week for lunch. You just feel amazing after it. No bloating. I was about to swear then. A lot of energy. I was going to say effing loads of energy. And uh, you just feel great from it. That's a really good diet. Before uh, the government started printing loads of money and we have this rampant inflation, I could eat for 20, 25 quid a week. Uh, Probably that stopped in 2021. I was eating for 20, 25 quid a week. All amazing quality foods, organic, and I was feeling amazing. So cheap. Are you
2: always just cooking for yourself or is that ever for sort of friends
0: or that that's just for me so if i i'd go out for food with friends so that was just what i would eat but if you had if he used to add a female living with into the equation that would increase let's go back 2021 let's say easily 40 quid for the two of you could eat super healthy back then add a bit of inflation uh real inflation has been going on at 10 percent i love inflation i got spreadsheets i've been calculating this i've had arguments with public sector workers in the sauna over this. They believe inflation's 3%. This is not an economic, but my, my background is investment banking. 10%. It's been 10% for so long. If you look at the value of a pound in 1901 to like early 2000s, one pound back then is equivalent to about 120. So uh, the inflation now has gone up on the food about 50%. So what that would cost now, uh, I don't know, but I can talk for hours on inflation. I've talked about inflation on first dates. I never saw them again. So perhaps uh, I'll save my inflation <laughs> yeah. to for a different podcast. <laughs> well, I'll,
2: I'll just sort of repeat my question about uh, sleep. But you know, for you talked about dealing with stress and anxiety, and you said that's something that you sort ah, we I've,
0: I've got a, good, a few good things for for stress. First, there's two main aspects that cause stress. Not accepting reality. As soon as you can accept reality, most stress just goes away. So a good example would be if your wedding day and you're or the bride, let's pretend we're the bride and we're going crazy because it's raining. Mm-hmm. You can't change that. So you just have to accept. That's it. Yeah, you getting angry, is going to spoil your day. You can still have an amazing day. Might not be, let's be honest, it's not quite as good as it, but it's still going to be amazing. Instead of like 100%, it's 90%. And then that accepting reality also is very correlated to control what you can control. So if you're going to have an outdoor wedding and it pisses down, you just go, we'll have a backup in this hall, uh, in the function room of this hotel or country house, wherever. And you can control that. So you accept reality and control what you can control. That will get rid of most of stress. People wouldn't believe that because it's too simple, but that's ultimately what... majority of stress is not accepting reality. It should. That's one of the worst words people use. It should have happened this. They should have done that. No, they shouldn't have done that because they did that. And that's it. So accept it. Then the other thing, a friend of mine, a couple of months ago, her house delayed by about three months. And she found herself homeless, uh, like literally homeless. Mm. So I, I let her stay in the spare room and... I find it very interesting watching her because she would go to bed a lot later than me. I would be banging on the door, waking up, going, Carrie, come on, you're going to be late for work. So I felt like a dad. It's weird. Carrie, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, we are going to be late for work. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then she's she's she's, uh, she's ready a cup of coffee. I was making a cup of coffee, so would be on the side in the kitchen for her. And she'd be rushing around like a blue ass fly. I'm like, Carrie, all you need to do is go to bed half an hour earlier wake up half an hour earlier, and none of this happens. And she's always late as well. And I actually added this chapter into my book, Stop Stressing Out, because of Carrie." So I'm very grateful. It was stressful living with her, but I'm very grateful long-term for this. And uh, the other part of the stress that I see with a lot of people is trying, and again, another word I hate, trying and should. Trying, and I deliberately use trying though in this context, trying to fit in too much, into the time you have available. And that creates stress. And that's the cause of all of this stress. And ultimately, all we're doing by adding this load, uh, it, it could be because we think that having a big house extension is going to make us happy. We're already happy inside, but that's what people don't realize. We have that control to be happy, to be content already. We're looking to externalities and we put too much pressure on the externalities those externalities don't give us happiness because we already have happiness within us. And then they try to do too many things, juggle too many balls in a limited period of time in order to get the external happiness when it's already inside. And that's one of the main reasons for stress as well. Well, that that is incredible that you
2: managed to (laughs) put that so succinctly. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, we are pretty much at time. But um, I mean, well, yeah, where, I mean, well, where where can we, uh, if we want to buy your books or, you know, read, <laughs> read about the no-hands orgasm, <laughs> um, you know, where where can we
0: find out more about you? Obviously, I, I don't usually uh, say this on podcast. There's the hands-free orgasm article on Medium, so you just type in Ralph Montague, hands-free orgasm in Google, and it comes up. I don't think there's any other Ralph Montagues in the world writing such articles. So, not uh, well, yet anyway. Um, my book is available on Amazon. I've got two. There's Stop Killing Yourself, The Beginner's Guide to Living Longer. And then there's Stop Waking Up Tired. You can see a theme here Stop. Stop Waking Up Tired, The Beginner's Guide to Sleep. And then in March of 2024, there will be Stop Stressing Out, The Beginner's Guide to, I think it's going to be Peace or Energy. I haven't decided on that yet, but I'm halfway through. So, th- those um the two books out at the moment, the three. And then for anybody with companies if they're looking to optimise the performance of their employees, uh, we have the sleep workshops and the stress workshops, which are on the longevityclinic.co.uk.
2: Awesome. I mean, we'll put all that info in the show notes as well. But um
1: Thank you very much. What an episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> so, very much, Ralph. Um, I've in there, and uh we're definitely Gonna gonna go and read your books.
0: Things the sleeping tip is The first one I'm going to try. <laughs> I didn't mention the. I tell you, two adaptogens are which are really good. I can. I don't know if I pronounced this right. Valerian. I like to call it valerian, but that's because one of my mum's best friends is called Valerie. So, but it's probably valerian. Brilliant for sleep, and another one winds Uh In fact, a girl I uh, did it a few years ago. She recommended it to me and they're brilliant now with the adaptions i'm this is really important don't get used to them so I, I oscillate them and mix them up every day in fact there's a third cbd gummies but there's different brands and not as effective i've tested quite a few different brands i don't like to recommend brands i don't do any affiliates but things like i do so i just don't recommend the brand but the cbd gummies you'll find them that work for you are really good as well so that's one of the things I was going to mention. It's a, there's so many different sleep things. I've uh, just took delivery this week of official wireless device. So I'm testing that at the moment. And uh, yeah, there's loads of different things. I'm always testing, always exploring. Pretty fascinating, if I'm perfectly honest. Brilliant. Thank you, Rolf. Great stuff. Pleasure speaking, gentlemen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Folker or David via our website www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon